Welcome back to the pod. Anna, you're just not going to say anything? Hi, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Cinema Scum, you know what it is. You know what day it is. As always, it's Ollie and I'm joined by Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, Ollie. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, it's been very rainy lately, um, but I've got my uh, Vive le Quebec Libre beer <laughs> just in time for Saint-Jean this weekend. So, Je me Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how about you? How's New York? You're back in the city. New York is good. Um, I'm so fucking busy. Um, because obviously I work, but now I'm like apartment hunting. Oh, running around touring like little shitty apartments. Um, are the lines really long? I've seen that on TikTok that like lineups for apartments is kind of fucked in New York. So you can like arrange to see one with the broker or like sometimes they have open houses and a lot of people will come to an open house, especially if it's in like a nice area. Mm. Um, but you're, so, you're not trying to live in the nice areas. So no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just been like sprinting around the city as one does. Um, and yeah, I, so how's school going? Cause I thought you said you were, we're done. done. You got a group a project meeting? Yeah, there's like an end of season paper where we have to write like a basically a full-on report like you would if you were doing a job and you were studying like a breach or something. We yeah. have to like recreate a breach and then describe like every step in the process. And it was like very thorough, like the most thorough paper because it's so technical, right? Like I've never yeah. written like, I, I went to business school, so I don't write like scientific research papers to begin with. But not only that, it's like, talking about like bits and memory and all this like computer stuff that I've never had to write a paper on before. So it was very challenging, but uh, we're done now. And also it's a team paper. So it's a lot easier than writing it all on your own. So you're doing Um, it all yourself. I did a lot of it on my own because my, I love my teammates, but man, they cannot write. (laughs) Which I've noticed. Are they like like ESL? Like, are they French? And they just, Uh, some of them are ESL. Some of them are Franco. Yeah. But also just like the Anglo guy just can't write it's like they didn't ever have to write a paper or they're also a lot older so I don't blame them because like it's been a lot longer since they've had to write anything I'm sure when I'm 35 I will not be able to write shit so yeah so Um, yeah but anyway I'm like it's been kind of as you can tell by both Anna and I's you know where we were just both so busy that like you know we need this. We needed, we needed a movie that we could just get really excited about, really hyped about, really hype yes. up the audience about. And that's what this movie is. Um, it's a movie that I've seen literally a billion times. Um, and I'm sure Anna has as well. Uh, it's been on Netflix as long as I've had a Netflix subscription too. So that's so funny. No excuses to not have seen this by this point. Um, yep. True, true. But... Um, and we released some clues on our Instagram story. True. And shout out to Caitlin and Linnea for guessing it correctly. We are doing super bad. Oh, yes. The hilarious yes. 2007 uh, wet dream of Seth Rogen. Sorry, my nose is bleeding and I'm getting it all over myself. Okay, it's cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, super bad. Super yeah. exciting. Um, I think that if we, because Anna was like, we should do a comedy and the first thought I had is like, if we're going to do comedy, there's like a whole genre of comedy that is like the Seth Rogen, mm. like, um, 
like like you know like crude uh i'm also thinking of sausage like, party uh, exactly uh, 21 jump street you knocked know that up. knocked up that that genre of comedy is its own you know beast and if yeah. we were going to tackle that 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 genre there is no other like defining movie genre defining movie this is the crown jewel this is the crown the, jewel. Like, this is the drinking beers with your high school buddies in the basement and watching a movie exactly collection. and whether if you don't like these kinds of movies then this is like the straw that broke the camel's back because it was <laughs> we were never coming back from this like everyone fucking loved this if you don't um, like this these kind of movies you hate this movie yeah um but if like by some like if you you know like we're in a coma for the last 20 years and you didn't get to see super bad anna can you please explain to those people uh the few who have not seen super bad what is the plot of the movie the two people on this earth yeah um and my grandma's probably one of them um okay so super bad like i said came out in 2007 um starring in his first like starring role um wow this is okay jonah hill as seth um as seth rogan actually and michael Sarah as evan um who's actually evan goldberg so seth rogan and evan goldberg buddies from high school wrote this movie together so it's semi-autobiographical which is pretty cool we can talk more about that later um you've got christopher mintz class mintz plus in his first movie ever he's iconic he is fogel um you've got bill Hader and the man seth rogan himself as the cop like the bumbling buddy cops officer slater and officer michaels um so basically seth and evan are you know nerds if you will um in high school you know they they each have a girl that they really like and just really want to nail um and their friend Fogel is kind of the third in this weird little tripod. Um, so they set out to get alcohol for the big party where they're going to get these girls fucking drunk and then they're going to have sex with them, which is interesting subject matter. Um, but I mean, it's a classic fucking movie. There are so many iconic parts of it from the fake Hawaii ID that says McLovin to, you know, shooting at the cop car that's on fire. And basically the whole, there's like two parallel storylines. Fogel goes off with the cops in this like weird wild goose chase and evidence sets stick together as they like desperately try to acquire booze while underage. Um, and Great. that's, yeah. and then eventually make it to the party on time which they don't make it on time but yeah i feel like we can and, spoil this one yeah we could spoil this one but also like that is like it's very like the plot is not very meant to be nuanced though i i will note that this time watching it for the billionth and one time um is that it is really well written not only in terms of like the jokes it has the most like memorable one-liners of any movie i can think of i literally yeah. took notes about all the <laughs> one-liners that i used to say as a high school student which is so stupid because now mm. in hindsight i sound like an idiot because these which guys ones? are which idiots ones? we'll get to those later but it is really well written in that like there are so many like everything is tied in in really like it's clearly like a, a script that jonah uh not jonah hill that seth rogan 
had written when he was young and that he had like slowly tweaked over the years because yeah. there's nothing in this movie that's not important. Every character yeah. reappears, every um, every plot point is Matters. impactful to the to the progress of the plot. And there's not really like separate, although there are separate storylines, they are very tightly connected and constantly shifting the, the the central narrative. Like the movie moves in one direction the entire time. Um, yes, which is, I mean, for a comedy movie, it's what you need. You like you need that because I am yeah. I'm, I'm not fucking trying to pay like you know keep track of things. Um, but Anna, what is your best part of this movie? I'm curious. Um, yes, yeah, so there is so much talent in this movie that I have to recognize it. Um, I mean, like you said, you kind of started to touch on this, but so uh, Seth Rogen and his friend Evan Goldberg, who isn't in the movie but worked on like sausage party this is the end um was actually party (laughs) was actually a writer on pam and tommy so like very much still in the whole scene true they were homies they were like 13 and 14 they grew up in british columbia i think van maybe yeah fun fact in seth rogan's like high school comedy group the comedy club that he was a part of another famous comedian who we all are aware of is uh, Nathan Fielder <gasps> from Nathan for you. He was in the oh. same comedy group as Seth Rogen in high school. Not at the same time. Yeah. At the same time. They know each other. I think there's like an age difference. Like they're not in the same year, but they were in yeah. the same club. Dude, that is so, that's, so uh, trivia. Cool. Here you go. Boop. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, it's just like, there's so much talent in this movie, like Jonah Hill, this is his first like main role um, and he's young, but he's really good. Michael Sarah um, steals the show. Steals the show. Um, like I said, who's that guy? Christopher Mintz-Ploss. Um, This is his first movie ever. Um, Seth Rogen is only 25 in this and yet like commanding. So good. Bill Hader is obviously a great person. This is Emma Stone's first movie. Um, really? Yeah. Her first film. Wow. Um, so I just think that the writing here is really good. Like you said, the comedy is like very advanced for the age of the people involved. Um, it's what makes this movie iconic. Like you said, so quotable. Um, it's like raw and original and relatable, even to people who aren't like nerdy white guys. But we can also talk more about that later. Um, Ollie, what is what's your favorite part? Um, I kind of cheated already because I had already <laughs> kind of given my pros before this, so like I can talk forever about the writing and the jokes and how much that, like you mentioned, kind of like how, um, even though this is just about like two white dudes who live in California, it's teenage, you know, angst that yeah. anyone can relate to. Any like it is like the high school experience for so many people, like literally everyone that we know. Um, I could talk about the absolute drip that is their fits when they go to the party when he steals oh his. <laughs> Nobody's gotten a blowjob in Koga- cargo shorts since Nam, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I could talk about the drip. I could talk about the music, which is so fire as well. Like some deep, deep bangers if you go through the soundtrack of Super Bad. Um, but I think as I've aged with this film and like watched it a million times, um, I think what is the best aspect of this movie is how it has aged 
in that like when you watch it and you're young you think it's hilarious because like they're just really raunchy and they're saying all this shit and like you relate to like wanting to drink wanting to party wanting to you know sleep with girls wanting to be cool and like be in with like the cool crowd at school um but that's not actually what the movie is about because when well to me anymore because as i grew up and i watch this movie more and more times i watch this movie now looking back on it like i look back on my younger self like all the mistakes that i made yeah. being a young idiot all the times that i got way too drunk all the times that i like was like obsessed over like this girl and then that didn't matter in the grand scheme of things like all those things that i thought really mattered now don't really matter and so when i watch the movie now when i watch super bad now it's fun to laugh at those characters just like you can laugh at your older self like your younger self and all the mistakes that you made and and like yeah. being really inappropriate like really and like i think that's one of the one of the reasons i really noticed it this time around is that um michael sarah's character constantly points out to jonah hill's character that like that's like really insulting like why would you say that because he acts way older than he is he's way more mature and so when you're watching it as an adult, you relate way more with Michael Sarah than you do with Jonah Hill. Did you ever relate to Jonah Hill's character here? Like, like not, not really, but as a kid, you're like, oh, he's fucking like hilarious, dude. Like the fat <laughs> kid who like can't get girls. That's so funny. But like, you know, like the jokes he's saying, you've heard them a billion times. And also like, they aren't that funny. It's more just like st stunning that it's coming out of his mouth, you know, constantly like one yeah. liner after one liner, especially like the middle of this movie has so many, like that scene from while they're at school, there are so many bangers, but yeah, in the hindsight, scene. none of those are like particularly like, like clever. They're just crass. And so it's funny to laugh at the fact that someone talks like that. Um, okay. And I think that's, and, and so my argument is like, my pro is that this movie ages like wine, not like milk. Like you, if you, kept watching it the way you watched it as a kid, it would have aged like milk, but it didn't. So yeah, that's my pro. Um, I'd also like to nominate a secondary pro. So like, I think we both mentioned this, the writing and the jokes are great, but I feel like they're more great because a lot of this movie, like a ton of it is improvised. Yeah. And it's characteristic of a lot of these movies actually. Oh, like Seth Rogen's. Yeah. Like that, that crew. Mm -hmm the Francos and, and all those guys. Shout out yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of it's improvised, which I am so impressed by. Like I'm not an acting connoisseur or like know anything about acting, but um, so many of it, so much of it is just off the cuff. Um, like the line where Seth is talking to Fogel and they're looking at the idea and he's like, well, number one, you look like a future pedophile. <laughs> Um, Fogel's first line in the movie is improvised. Like that's his Stop first line in a movie. <laughs> um, the part where Bill Hader, you know, he's the cop and he's talking about how his wife, who was a whore, left him. Um, and he was like, she always said she would leave me in a bar. And then Seth Rogen was like, it was this actual bar that we're in now. <laughs> that's all improvised. Yes, it's all Damn. yeah. So I, and even more. So if you, if you like this movie and you want to like read even more of those little tidbits, hit that IMDb page um, or keep listening to this podcast, because I feel like 
it's coming back. Don't worry. It's coming. The triv yeah. is coming. Uh, <laughs> but before that, Anna, what is like the the downside of this movie? The downfall of it. So, okay, I am going to completely and like fundamentally disagree with you saying that this movie ages really well because I think it hasn't. And I have heard that like Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill in interviews have been like, they're kind of embarrassed about making a movie like this that relies so heavily on like objectification of women and like sense of jokes. Um, And that's really a shame. Like, obviously it's like deplorable and not something that we should be teaching young people. But I also think it's a shame that it, makes like the people involved have to like apologize for this movie because it takes away from how good the movie is on its own Mm -hmm. um i mean like the legs that a lot of the comedy stands on is oppressive and this movie kind of aspirationally is like it's telling you that even if you're like a mediocre or like a, a below average white dude you can still like be the hero which I don't think is a bad message, but I think it just comes at the expense of like women mostly. And um, okay, so I think this movie is, there's a ton of talent. However, no amount of talent can make up for like racism or misogyny or like shit like that. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, I totally agree with your point here. Of course, yeah. Totally, totally agree. I think that um, I'm projecting when I say that my pro is that it aged well because it just aged well because I'm able to look, you know, like yes. look past that, like look and, and like laugh at that. The fact that it's that bad. Um, it is a product of its time. Like that was just the way people, the way guys, especially like toxic masculinity in the early two thousands was just like at its peak. Uh, not yeah. that it's not still peaking, but <laughs> like, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that that uh, you're right that that and especially um, the it makes sense, right? Like if in the same way that you as a kid were embarrassed by things that you did that you were a fucking idiot exactly. when you were a little kid. Jonah Hill feels because he was a kid in this movie, yeah, um, and he was also like being somebody like he was being Seth Rogen as a kid. So it's like a kid playing a kid. So like the that mindset that like way of being that way of talking that way of acting that way of thinking about women of you know people that aren't other white dudes in high school like that is that is what seth rogan grew up in and it is like a product of of his upbringing but i totally agree um and i think that's also i was gonna like be cool and like make my pro also my con but then you just oh Ooh, okay, let's hear yeah. it. No, the, the, this is this is me giving my con, which is like I agree with you. I didn't know that you were gonna say that, but I was gonna say like it ages like wine because I'm able to laugh on its behalf. Like know that we, as an audience who grew up watching this movie, especially people who were that age when they watched the movie, right? Like we were the age of those where I was the age of Seth Rogen and Michael Sarah when I first saw this movie. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I loved this movie when I first saw it in high school. Yeah, but you love it now for totally different reasons. And because of that, because that you know that um, what they're saying is not it's really okay. So, 
Yeah. But they're kids. So you're like, ah, okay. When there's like, like such shit that the cops are doing, you're like, oh, this is amazing. Cause this is like the most accurate portrayal of cops I've ever seen in a film. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no, same. Like I, I do agree with you that this movie like can age well. Um, And also the movie makes fun of itself. Like for sure. I think the Um, whole movie, my thesis is that the whole movie is making fun of like that, that mentality that is childish this movie just makes me feel like i'm watching my and everyone else's childhoods just coming to terms with the fact that they are just hella cringe not fuckable not cool not anything (laughs) interesting they are just lame just weird and um the only thing you really have is your best bud so that's what the movie is really about yes there's a huge like male underlying plot point why did I say male first? I meant to say there's a huge underlying plot point of like male friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think it's like pushed under the rug when you're a kid because you don't give a fuck about a, like. So I was thinking because um, this movie is really about like, you know, Seth and Evan are going to different colleges. Like Evan got into a really good school and Seth didn't, Dartmouth. Um, and they kind of try to ignore it throughout the whole movie. But then it really comes to a head. And so this movie is definitely about like, number one, how like the people you surround yourself with in high school become your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was so refreshing at the end when Seth was just like standing around, like taking shots with people who weren't Evan. Um, but then also like how scary and like horrifying it is and like the separation anxiety you feel with friendships. And I was just going to ask, like, do you think that Seth and Evan are friends after this movie? Like the, the, not the real life people, but like, do you think these characters would be friends after this? Um, I think the, the, the fact that you don't know makes it more relatable because you don't know when you're moving into the, sorry, I just burped. You don't know when you're moving into like that next stage of life, like who's going to be a part of that life because you're going to be a totally different person when Evan gets to, to Dartmouth, he's not going to be the same. He's not going to mm-hmm. be hanging around with Seth's, you know? And, and I yeah. think that's, um, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that you grow up because that is what changes you out of these kinds of behaviors. These like toxic masculine behaviors yes, yeah. is only fixable by like you going out into the world and meeting people who are not your neighbor and not some other white dude who goes to the same high school as you like, going out and meeting people from around the world with different viewpoints, with different perspectives on life, um, with different upbringings. Like that is what's going to make these boys, these like really annoying, boring boys into like, hopefully good guys who will one day look back and feel shame. Like, like, like Jonah Hill as an actor, you know what I mean? Like, do they stay friends? Like, I don't know. And I honestly don't really care. It's hard <laughs> enough for me to try and worry about all my friends that I need to catch up with that. I don't really talk to anymore. You know, like that yeah. we all face that problem. Like we all are, are, yes, are, are so... str- struggling between like trying to move on in life and, you know, keeping track of what's behind us. Um, oh, wow. That's a, that's a really good sound, but I'm going to use that for the, the IG. Good thing. I wore a collared shirt this time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Anna, do you want to so, trivia us up? Because I, yes. there's so much trivia for this movie that we, we'll need to a lot a lot of time for it. 
let's fucking do this. Okay, so we already kind of did a little trivia foreplay in this episode so far, but one of my favorite pieces of trivia about this movie. So Fogel, um, their like third nerdy friend played by Christopher Mintz Plus. So he's only 17 in this movie. His mom had to be on set while they were filming his sex scene at the end because he was a minor. And the sex scene, like, if you haven't seen this movie, it is so fucking weird and awkward, like, that he's, like, naked on top of this girl, and he's, like, it's in, like, he, like, whispers to her. Um, And so the fact that his mom had to be on set is, like... That's hilarious. Unreal. Um, Let's see. The word fuck is said 176 times, so that's that's... 1.6 uses of the word per minute. Um, that's that's just, like Wolf of Wall Street level. Yeah, I think Wolf of Wall Street actually tops that. But um, let's see. I thought this was really funny. But this is kind of irrelevant, though. But so um, in the DVD Blu-ray edition, I don't know if any of our listeners owned a copy of Superbad, but please let us know if you did. Um, it features like a silhouette of Michael Sarah dancing. Like the whole, you know, it's like, even if you keep the screen on, it will always go. Yeah. Yeah. Like the lobby, whatever video, Mm -hmm. but um, they didn't want it to like be looped. So it's Michael Sarah dancing for an hour straight. (laughs) They just like played a song on a loop and were like dance. Can you imagine if someone was like, you have to dance for a whole hour. And the opening title sequence is like bits of that. They just like cut little fun. Mm hmm segments and put them in a in a montage which honestly after having said that black swan has the best intro of all time this one kind of brings the heat um this one does the best. it's so funky and groovy and awesome and the colors and the also i forgot to mention but this movie is so brown <laughs> so brown so brown beige like shades of orange a lot of beige it's, the, the more i watch it, the more i realize how like First of all, weird some of the camera angles are. And second of all, like the lighting is just whack. It's like it, it looks a like shag carpeting. And yeah, yeah like it, it feels like I'm watching a carpet. That's what it looks like and, <laughs> and feels like visually. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, this is uh, Eminem's favorite movie. So well, um. Let's see what else. Dave, I mean, I feel like people know this, but Dave Franco is in this movie as Greg, the soccer player. Who pissed himself um, in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, one of my favorite scene, scenes in this movie is Michael Sarah singing These Eyes while people are doing oh. like cocaine in the party. So fucking funny. <laughs> Um, so a huge portion of this movie is about penis drawing, just features a lot of drawings of dicks, um, dick and balls specifically. So, but that had like a lot of legal complications, right? Cause you're, they're very much towing the line of what they can show. So basically every single drawing, there was like a hundred of them or something, but they didn't all make it. Um, it was, they were done by Evan Goldberg's younger brother. Um, every single drawing had to be approved individually by the studio's legal department. And sometimes the directors would get notes back if they rejected a piece 
And they would be like, oh, this one's too big. This one's too veiny. This one's too hairy. <laughs> she <She'll> on screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I find myself just drawing dicks all the time right now. Um, really? Well, I mean, I sent you a snap earlier and I just drew a dick for fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> see, it's so subtle that you didn't even notice but i no, found I myself didn't. sending a lot of snaps today with like subtle dick drawings in them some of them that are, you would barely even notice they like blend in the, the wall um, <laughs> you're like a fucking tyler durden like splicing dicks into your snap something that else that's funny about this movie so in the one scene seth is dancing with this girl at the party and he ends up getting his her period all over the front of his jeans which like she must have been having a heavy flow i don't know yeah i was gonna call cap on that scene if there's one part of this movie that's a little weird it's like how does that happen how do you not feel that immediately if if you're like it it's like a heavy flow and like jonah hill would feel that on his thigh unless he's wearing like long johns underneath his pants i wouldn't put it past him that's like incel behavior. Weird, warm moisture on your leg. <laughs> like, of course you're gonna feel that right away. Imagine wearing long underwear to like a party or like the club. <laughs> no, but he definitely didn't because he thought he would fuck. Oh no, he yeah. didn't think he he was the only one that thought that thought he would take it slow. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that's just minutia. Um, but that girl, so that girl's played by Carla Gallo, who's like a pretty famous actress her and jonah hill have been in a bunch of stuff together i think she was in like 40 year old virgin she is just credited which that's such a good movie i'm gonna watch that tonight actually anyway um carly gallo is just credited in this movie as period blood girl in the credits <laughs> really yeah no doesn't have a name i mean i'm gonna be right now and i'm looking for that oh and uh emma speaking of great legendary improvisations so emma stone's reaction to when she gets punched by jonah hill when she just rips off like a fuck what the fuck um that was also improvised nice Uh, did she really get punched i don't think so but i mean she is an oscar-winning actress so yeah like she can she really put herself into that punch um i have a few uh if you are exhausted on trivia i have a few Mm one-liners that i saved um there's the classics which uh, these are all sound biteable. I will never be able to get a job anywhere because you can just clip me saying any of these. But there's the classics like "fuck me right," um, yeah. and uh, the "she wants me, she wants my dick in and around her mouth." Um, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> I ri- like writing all these down. Make like you really have to think about it because you're spelling it. And this one specifically, I did not know how to spell. The girls that I'm, the, the girls at my college are half as smart and therefore twice as likely to fellash me. <laughs> uh, yeah, how would you spell fellash? Maybe fillage. just like cop, cap the T, you know? Um, the funny thing about my back is that it's located on my cock. <laughs> That's a TikTok sound at this point. Honestly, I'm curious how many TikTokers have no idea what movie that comes from or like where that soundbite even comes from. Because it's like a viral TikTok now. Um, the Iron Chef yeah. of Pounding Vaj. Uh, oh, that is a good one. But, <laughs> but honestly, I think this time around, now that I've you know had enough of a laugh at those, 
what really got me this time was Michael Sarah's like <laughs> um, when he brings the spermicidal lube. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. And, uh, and when he's like, you're the prettiest girl this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> like what the fuck? Oh, and shout out Bill Hader. At one point he's like, does a Yoda impression. And then he's like, Yoda, you know, from Attack of the Clones, like Star Wars episode two. What the fuck? Oh my um, god. Those are all those are all uh, at least I'm I wish that all of those were improvised because that makes it so much funnier and also so much more uh creds to the actors. But uh yes. I'm sure that a lot of those one-liners were just, but like we mentioned earlier, those are resilient. Like the middle part of the movie is just like one liner after one liner after one liner. And that was only like the few that I was able to note down because there were some that were happening while I was noting those down. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Laugh at it, them, laugh with them, laugh at the fucking <laughs> laugh at the TikTokers who are using it and have no idea what they're referencing. Um, um my favorite part of this movie though is when Michael Sarah is like, Yeah, like we went to this dinner party that Seth's parents were <laughs> yeah. having, and then we went to a club and and actually they're um and we definitely got in. <laughs> They're shotgunning then, beers in his basement and then like shoving hot dogs in their mouths at like a barbecue. And then they try to go to like a strip club and they get thrown out and then they throw up on each other. Yeah. And that's it was a it was a magical night is what how he describes it at the end, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and apparently that's um that is like bit by bit describing a night that Seth and Evan, the real Seth and Evan had in high school. Oh, nice. Like that, that's that's exactly, cute. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they look back on this movie and are not embarrassed because they're not the embarrassing part of this movie. Like Seth Rogen um, must look back on this and like reminisce about his about his up his like high school experience and like writing this script when he was young and like seeing how far he's come from that. You know, like he's had such a long career and that was the start of it. So I'm sure this movie yeah. means a lot more to him than it does to anybody else. Um, but I mean, Anna. can you imagine like writing or like starting something when you are 13 years old and then like you nope. star in it when you're 25? Committing to, yeah, committing to it till you're 25. That's fucking crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, Anna, rate it on 10, please. Oh, fuck. Okay. This is hard because I didn't think of this beforehand. So this is uh, truly off the dome. But um, okay. So this movie is really iconic. And there's a lot of talent, like I said, so you have to appreciate it there. It loses points, obviously, for, like, the oppressive aspects. And the talents in this movie are good, but they're just a little underdeveloped. Like, Jonah Hill, some of his lines do hit kind of late or they fall a little bit flat. Um, So, I don't know. I'm going to put it at, like, a seven and a half on actual opinion and also principle. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a seven, slightly mm-hmm. lower than you, uh, because I lied. And that there are there are a lot of things you could poke at uh, in terms of like um, why it doesn't age well. Not just like f- f- the writing that we talked, you know, on and on about, but 
visually uh, as a film it has that mm-hmm. weird early 2000s tint like tint to the to the the way it's shot the way it looks especially like if you watch it on a modern tv you really see like weird artifacting on the corners of the screen and it was definitely oh. like filmed for an older tv um and it mm-hmm. has the same kind of weird filming of an apatow flick like it gives me 40 year old virgin visuals oh, yes. which which that movie is really funny but really hard to watch nowadays because it just looks so dry it looks like i'm staring at like yeah hanging Everyone laundry looks like kind of baked yeah it's very odd like not um, baked so yeah. like they're high like baked like, like they baked, have like, like a... dry and <laughs> like like i mentioned earlier like carpety like everything looks kind of carpety um <laughs> like even people's skin and and hair and anyway um so yeah there's a lot that you can poke holes mm-hmm. in this movie and and i like it because of what i mentioned earlier but i'm sure that a lot of people who have no nostalgia for this movie have absolutely no time for the uh, the absurd statements being made throughout this film, I think that mm. a lot of it is just like growing up. You think it's really funny, and now you you laugh at it because you thought it was so funny. Um, but even if you hadn't seen it as a kid, I would still recommend watching it because it is so mm. iconic and it is so ridiculous and so goofy. So I'd give it a seven. Okay, but no, uh, I I respect that a lot. Um. Anyway, that's uh, that's super bad. Anna, can you wreck something for us this week? Oh. Hmm. So, yes, I can because I started watching something on Netflix recently. Have I talked to you about uh, Wild Babies, Ollie? No. Okay, good. Because I want to talk to you and all of our listeners right now about Wild Babies, which is a, like, Netflix like kind of like a uh, green planet documentary, like series about like the nature or whatever. Um, Narrated by Helena Bonham Carter. Number one, number two, it's all about animal babies and they're so cute and they run around. We've got lions, we've got elephants, we've got otters, we've got um, monkeys. Baby otters are crazy cute. Yes. So they're in like 45 minute episodes that feature a couple different animals each. Um, just go fucking watch it. Just it's delightful. Damn. That sounds awesome. I've never I'm almost done prehistoric planet. So as oh, soon yes. as I'm done the dinosaurs, uh, I will pivot to babies because that's also really cute. And they don't die because that would be like way too sad. You know, oh, yeah. so that happens perfect. in planet Earth. You see babies die in planet Earth. So they couldn't show that. It's not the vibe of that show. No, no. Super not the vibe. So you're good. Because that always ruins it for me when the animals eat each other. Nature is metal, man. Yeah. Um, Your recommendation, though. My rec this week is an (gasps) anti-rec. Yes! Finally, okay. The new Harry Potter, the Fantastic Beasts. (laughs) Oh, my. I I saw you react to my letterbox review. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay what what's what's up with it okay so the title of the film is a mouthful it's the fantastic beasts and the secret or and dumbledore's secret or the secret of dumbledore oh, the secret is that he's gay but they <laughs> reveal that in the first five minutes and then they never address it ever again and uh. the plot of this film 
I'm pretty sure no one who even the writer could explain to you what the plot of the film is. It's about like international wizard politics, but like bore like like flavorless. Like you don't even know what the the like th- what the two sides are fighting over. It's just mm. generic politics. It's like it was like you know the trailer showed Hogwarts and like them going back to Hogwarts. Blah blah blah. They spend a total of seven minutes at Hogwarts and they leave, and the oh. rest of the film is just utter garbage none of the characters evolve at all throughout the film or you know say anything meaningful do anything meaningful yeah uh come up with any you know great ideas it's all for nothing nobody does anything by the end you've learned nothing no one has like changed as in terms of like the good guys are still good and the bad guys are still bad yeah and the movie ends and i was watching with clark and we were like, what the fuck? Like that's ended on such a weird, like, is there going to be another one? And they made this movie with the, not the expectation, but like the assumption that there's going to be a next one. But the movie was never signed on to do a fourth movie unless this one did good. And this one flopped the fuck out of it. So they're no. not making the last one. <laughs> it's on Crave at, uh, or whatever the HBO is in America. Um, but I would honestly just like not even recommend it. Like it's, it is that bad. Even if you love (laughs) Harry Potter, even if you're a huge Harry Potter nerd, Clark was a much bigger Harry Potter nerd than I was. And he was like visually upset, like shaking (laughs) at how angry he was at how bad it was. Oh my God. Fuck. That's so funny. At one point we were like, are we just too high? Like, do do we miss something? Did we, should we rewind? And then we were like, no, like it's, it's, we got to keep going. Like it's this, and it's also like almost three hours long. No, come on. Way too long. Are there fantastic beasts at least? Of course there are like beasts throughout. And every time there there was a beast, it had nothing to do with the plot. It was literally just to include that main character. And every time it happened, Clark and I would go, oh, there's the beasts from Fantastic Beasts. (laughs) Wow. Oh, fuck. Um, that was such a good anti-recommendation that I almost want to watch the movie. Don't watch Fantastic Beasts. Like, do not stay away. <laughs> I don't think either of us have actually recommended our audience to watch a movie in weeks. Like, this part <laughs> at the end is just for, like, miscellaneous It's, it's stuff. just for banter. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway. Please write us in your thoughts on Superbad. Did it age well? Yeah, Did it age poorly? Uh, what's your favorite one-liner from this film? Um, and yeah. if you want to be a guest on the show, you can also do that. Please just write into DM us on Instagram, send us scum podcast, hit us with a movie idea. If you have an idea that's good, we will take it. We have a few yes. guests line up, um, but we're we always talking. trying to schedule more in and we love, we love talking with you guys. We love hearing your thoughts. Yes, yeah. we love talking to our friends about their favorite movies. Um, if you want to be a guest, it's $15 and we only take check. So get that ready. Uh, Bitcoin only. <laughs> Which honestly, um, we're, we're taking an L on right now because it's just <laughs> dropping value by the day. Yeah. Um, also, I just wanted to mention, sorry, I mentioned that before Caitlin and Linnea had gotten it right. Also, Karina um guest super bad as well so congrats to you three obviously huge fans of the movie yourself um yeah write to us tell us what you think and yeah on that note 
Until next time, take care, guys. Bye-bye.